Humility is the foundation of all other virtues, hence. In the soul in which this virtue does not exist, there cannot be any other virtue except in mere appearance. St. Augustine. Bending Not Breaking, Episode 9, The Water Bending Scroll. Welcome back to another episode of Bending Not Breaking. We are doing episode 9, The Water Bending Scroll. I am Sunshine Mayfield, and I'm with my co-host, Ben. Yeah, you, you said that like you were going to continue. I wasn't. Okay, great. Uh, and so we are here today to talk more about Avatar. God, this is such a good show. It's a great show. What a good show. Potentially one of the best. Yeah, arguably the best animated show of, of all time. I'd be willing to... I'd be willing to say that. It's definitely in my top, top five, top three. What are your other ones? I don't know off the top of my head. <laughs> great. Okay. <laughs> Wonderful. Lots of great content going on right now. Um, and we are here to talk about the waterbending scroll. And this is an interesting episode. And we're going to look at it through the lens of humility. We're going to look at it through the lens of humility. And there's a lot to dive into in this episode. Sure So is. we're going to get right into it. But first, that means that we have to do our descending word recap so we are on 12 words my turn and it is your turn to recap the water bending scroll you got 12 words on your mark get set go katara teaches ang sad katara steals Sokka mad katara apologizes group glad that was really good thank you yeah that was really lovely isn't it nice little rhyming scheme yeah i thought that was like i felt really proud of that that's good can you do better? Can you do better? Tweet us your 12-word recap for this episode at the Arc of E on Twitter. Um, 12 words. But that was well done. I'll, that'll be a tough one to beat. That'll yeah, be a I tough agree. one to beat. That was pretty good. One of my better ones. That was one of your better ones. <laughs> I agree. Um, so when we go and we're going to look in uh, this episode through the lens of humility, What what is humility? What is humility? Well, I think that's something that's up for discussion yeah i was looking for like a just a what you like when you envision this lens what you kind of were thinking yeah so i think humility is the idea around it's not just modesty right because false modesty is pretty unbecoming of a leader and not very humble but it's essentially being able to recognize that you might have power but you're willing to suspend that in order to hear out other people and use and leverage their power um, and so for instance if someone's in an authoritative position they are still willing to hear out the ideas of someone with little experience right that's a sure, sign yeah. of humility right and so i'm using it through an example there Okay. Awesome. Well, let's just go straight into the episode. We start off, and Aang is pacing on Appa, and he's struggling with the concept of mastering these four elements in time. Um, he's got a very limited amount of time to master these elements. He knows that he's weeks away from the North Pole um, before he gets a chance to really master waterbending. And as Sokka says, it only took him 112 years to master airbending. Correct. 
Which is a little bit of a jab, a little bit of sarcasm, but like Sokka also knows that he was asleep for majority of that time. He does. So, you know, a little bit of a jab, but he goes on and um, Sokka makes the joke and then Katara says she'll help with waterbending and what she can do and she's willing to to teach him in this. I want to think about like what put Aang in this position though, because this is not the first time he's grappled with... Can I do this? Can I do this, right? right. The, the original, like when he first found out he was the Avatar, he was like, nope, and ran away. And that's what and put him in an iceberg originally. Anyway, mm-hmm. and so now he's found out from Avatar Roku that he has to do it. Not only does he have to master all four elements and, you know, balance the world and be the Avatar, but now he has to save the world from Fire Lord Ozai, mm-hmm. right? And so now it's the added burden of this much worse scenario. And so what I thought about that was how often like, are we humbled by the tasks and assignments that are given to us? Because mm-hmm. usually people think of humility in terms of like how, relationships with people. But I think that receiving something that is overwhelming for us can be, over, like, can be humbling in a way. And I think that this is doing that right now. Yeah, and I think that that can be a good, like, that can be a good thing depending sure. on how it's delivered to you. Right, so sometimes a supervisor might give you say, "Hey, I need you to get this done." You might not think you can do it. I believe in you. I'm here to support. I think you can do it. Sometimes you might get given a task that you can't do, but you're not giving supports, and so you're humbled without the possibility of um, success. But I think that you know sometimes that's a necessary thing to to allow someone to kind of say like, "Hey, I need you to live into this. I believe in you. Yeah, you're going to be able to do it, but it's going to be hard." Well, and there's just been so many times where I felt like I was doing really well at my job, and then all of a sudden I was given this overwhelming assignment. I was like, oh my goodness, I am not all the tough stuff that I thought I was. I I messed up, right? Yeah. And so I think that can be a pretty humbling experience. So I just wanted to bring that up. Yeah, no, absolutely. And so then we get a cut scene, and we get to Zuko and Iroh. It cuts right after that, so it goes to Zuko yep. and Iroh, and um, we get them together and Zuko's upset because the ship has changed course and Iroh's like oh no sorry what is the meaning of this mutiny yeah and Iroh goes oh I just I needed to go find um, a lotus tile for my game it's specific to my strategy I need to go get it Um, what you have essentially what he's saying is like this is more important than what you had planned at the moment which is really just continuing what they've been doing for two years trying to find the avatar um do you think this was a lesson by Iroh specifically like, Tay, we're going to teach you a little bit of humility. We're going to teach you a little bit of patience that maybe what you think is most important at this moment, like sometimes we just need to take a step back. Um, and it ends up working to their benefit later in the episode because that detour leads them right to the Avatar. But do you, you think know, this was an intentional so, teaching moment from Iroh to Zuko? You know, normally I would say yes. This, I think he legitimately lost his Lotus Tile. And I think that he is using that as a lesson to teach Zuko. But Mm -hmm. I think he legitimately lost it. Like, I don't think he was hiding that up his sleeve the whole time. Right. I think he legitimately lost that tile. And I think that he truly values that tile enough to say, hey, Zuko, we need to go take a little detour. Right? Mm -hmm. And so I, I think that this was not necessarily an intentional lesson, but rather a lesson for the viewer. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is, I think the writers of this were uh, teaching us as watchers of this show 
to realize that sometimes a game is more important than it looks. Because right now we're still chalking Iroh up to being this like you know dumb uncle, dumb uncle who's Goofy comic guy. relief and right. But this is this is as we know, spoiler alert. This is a big move. Like mm-hmm. he needs that, and that tile eventually leads to him connecting to <clears throat> them being safe, right? And so I think that this is telling the like because when you watch this the first time, were you what were you thinking about this? Yeah, you don't think that this is a, you think that this is just a another thing, a that detour, yeah, doing, right. And so right now, I think we are learning as viewers to be like, oh, oh, I need to not like just assume. I need to question if, if you put those pieces together because they're very they're far apart. They, they are. are like um, so putting the piece together that is what that this lotus tile is important. You have no concept of that if this is your first time going through the show. Um, and it is just yep. a little bit of like foreshadowing, a little bit of like, hey, we're going to introduce this over time. Um, but I do, I, all, I I chalk up almost every move Iroh makes to like a Mr. Miyagi moment of like, why am I going to paint your fence for you? Well, and I why am I going to wax your floor? He's always using it as a way of kind of being like, we're going to teach some patience here. We're going to teach some humility. And again, it ends up working out for him because it leads him to pirates which leads yeah. them to ang but that i don't think was his intent um well and it's just the idea that zuko in this moment is th- there's no humility from zuko in this moment it's my way or the highway and how dare you and this is like there is no humility here right i am the most single most important thing on this ship and anything that counters my orders is mutiny yeah <laughs> right and so i just think that those are contrasting right next to each other and i think that's intentional yeah then we get a cutscene back to our heroes pretty sure this is before we cut to zuko but no so um it cuts right back to ang and them saying they're gonna water bend um and Sokka goes hey what am i supposed to do here and they give uh or uh, Aang says, you can clean out Appa's toes and feet. With a smile on his face. Yeah, not mean, saying it mean, he just says, you can do this. And Sokka immediately just goes, yeah, okay. And hops in and does it. With, and to me, that was such a, that itself was a moment in humility that, that Sokka was willing to do that, which I don't think at the beginning of this journey he would have been. No, I agree. I think this was probably one of the best examples of humility in the entire show. Mm-hmm. Uh, because this, like, what story does Sokka have to tell himself in this moment to be able to just say yes and walk away and do that? Because the, the, he says, like, well, you just guys are going to play with water while I do all the hard work. And Aang's like, you know, it'll be worth it. Yeah. Or something <laughs> like that. And then Sokka's like okay and then he just does and so like i think of all the times when somebody has said why don't you go sweep and i'm like what do you mean why do do i have to sweep why don't you sweep right Right. and so like it's like i just man that he has to truly believe that what ang and katara are doing is important important and Mm -hmm. necessary and just as important as cleaning appa's toes yep right so appa's cleaning our sock is cleaning appa he sees this moment as a, you guys get to do what you do. I can do what I can to help. Um, I can't bend, so this is a way that I can contribute. And then we get Katara helping Aang learn these 
methods of water bending that she currently knows to to help him along the way. Yeah. Aang learns really quickly. Sure does. And she gets pretty frustrated. And she gets pretty salty about Aang picking things up. <laughs> salty. <laughs> because it's water. But it's fresh water. Yeah, well, there's no way you possibly know that. I'm assuming because it's a river. <laughs> Rivers can lead into... It flows off a waterfall. I'm just saying. <laughs> there's not salt going up a waterfall here. <laughs> I'm just saying. Maybe this world has salt water rivers. Yeah, you don't know the, the, the makeup of the land that they're on. All we know is it's got earth, <laughs> water, fire... And there. Mm. Alright. Um, so you get this uh, you get this moment where she starts to get really upset. You see it kind of change in her. He is picking things up really quickly. Things that she's probably spent years mastering. And she's not necessarily... Let's be real. Not mastering. She's not mastering. No, but years... <laughs> at least, like, these little Working ones. Working on these skills. Yeah. And he picks them up really quickly. Yep. In minutes. She, she doesn't think about the... Hundreds of Avatar lives before him, no, where he's mastered these elements, and I I would assume if you've mastered one element, it probably makes learning the other ones, though they're different. I'm sure there are some things that are transferable between each process, and so he's picking this up with his body motion and understanding, and he's doing things, and she's like, I'm having a tough time with this wave, but I'm going to show you, and he's like, Oh, like this, and she starts to get really upset. Well, and then the line that really spoke to me was you had to learn all of this on your own I've had a great teacher yeah right and I think Aang says that and that really makes a huge impact on me as the viewer because I'm like yeah that's so kind you could have said so many things that would have been like yeah I guess I'm a little bit better he, like, he could have taken that opportunity to make a dig he could have taken that opportunity to do really anything but instead he takes that opportunity to give her what she needs in that moment well, right and if he genuinely believes that so assume he's saying that because he genuinely believes it not because he's just trying to say something nice well that's a good question like is he just trying to say something nice here or does he genuinely believe but that? if he does genuinely believe it that's a sign of humility of this this concept of i know a lot well, of things really well i don't know this yeah well it's interesting because i wrote that down too like is this genuine or is it or is he placating her in this right. moment right and i i believe that this is genuine and i didn't question whether it was genuine until i was analyzing it mm -hmm. right every time i watched this beforehand i was like oh my god ang's so nice yeah right <laughs> and so it's interesting well because we get those moments of like oh, i can understand that someone's a little tense right now i'm going to say something to like ease or create a solution well and we both you and i have taken a similar course and read similar book on crucial accountability which mm -hmm. is a phenomenal book for people who are interested in that but that aside one of the things they talk about is when people start to show signs of feeling unsafe you need to go in and provide a counter statement that counteracts that yeah and that's exactly what this is like he sees that she's getting defensive he provides a safety net through this sentence right and it it works for a short amount of time. Correct. Right? Um, and so we, for for her, if she had a little more humility going into this, uh, an and understanding of this doesn't attach to her value or self-worth as a human mm -hmm. by not knowing how to do these things yet, um, her reaction would be completely different than the, the shame and the defensiveness that she starts to feel in this moment. 100%. And I, like, I, I think my question for you is... What's the story she's telling herself here? Like Sokka was telling him a story, himself a story that allowed him to do grunt work, 
Right. She's telling herself a story that is preventing her from continuing to teach Aang. So what's the story she's telling herself? Well, so we get this moment of, like, Aang does this water trick that, uh, that Katara just taught him, and she even says, like... She hasn't even mastered it yet. She hadn't, but she says, like, that was really good, but the, the flare was unnecessary. Yeah. And so already in her, in her head, she's crafting the story of not only is he doing this better than me, but he's trying to show off. Um, and so that's going to be upsetting. Mixed in with the feeling, I think, the story that she's telling herself is, I've been doing this for years, and I'm not as good as him. Am I good enough? Am I enough? Do I have value in this? Um, and if it's something that you think that you do for so long and someone quickly shows you that, like, maybe you've still got work to do, so it, you're going to quickly get on that defensive measure. Yeah, so what I'm hearing from you is if we are questioning our self-worth, if we are questioning anything around, like, our uh, ability, it's harder to be humble. Yeah, absolutely. And so I, I, I wonder what that means for the people who are in that mode and we're currently feeling that way like if you're questioning are your self-worth how do you get out of it well <laughs> there's an interesting quote too that um there's an online internet rapper watsky that we've we've enjoyed for a while um and one of the his oldest songs talks about this moment of the the older i get the less i know mm -hmm. um which is an interesting concept but i think that what that talks about is the humility behind of when the more confident you become in the skills that you have the more you realize like how much you didn't know before that but also how much you're still to learn and how much that you don't always have the right answers but you know how to get to them and it's those yeah. moments of i am not good at this but i do have an idea of how i can get good at this you learn that over time and you learn that not knowing something is not failure is not you not being enough it just means that you have to find the path to get there absolutely but you learn that over time and what's guitar at this point 13 yeah 14? i think Aang's 10 or 11 she's you know 12 13 and, and Sokka's 16, 16 17 yeah and so you get this moment that like that's a really tough concept to, to get period that like you never get to a point in your life that you know everything. You just Absolutely not. You build up more tools, hopefully, over time that say, if I don't know something, how can I admit that and then find out what that answer is? Absolutely. Um, the importance of being able to say, like, I don't know, but I'm going to find out. Yep. And Katara hasn't necessarily mastered that at well, this point, but that comes with confidence and the more learning you have. And the, the easier... The more you know, too, like, I'm confident in the work that I do currently. Sure. But because of that, it is, and I'm in the confidence I have in my own skills, the easier it is for me to admit that I don't know how to do something and look at it through the guise of, I want to be even better at what I'm doing. So I, I'm yeah. going to be very forefront and say, like, and, I don't I, know this. And I think that's, part of being humble is also, like, knowing your skill set and knowing when you're out of your depth. Yeah. Right? And I'm saying, hey... This, I'm confident that I know this, but I don't know that. And that's exactly what you're saying. Right. Like, I know this. I'm confident here. As soon as I get out of that, I am able and know that I can ask for help without feeling like my self-worth is going to be harmed. Right? And I think that's huge. And something that all of our uh, heroes will eventually come into contact with throughout this series. Yeah. Right? So we cut here to them going shopping. Yep, because Aang sends the supplies down yep. the river. Yep. And so Aang buys this whistle. Right? He does. He buys this whistle. 
and the two are not very happy about it and Aang wasted the money and so Katara says that she'll handle the money from now on and Aang hands the money over with just like looks sad and hangs the money hands the money over but like gets it like he's like I'm like in the the messages I'm sorry here's the money yeah right and I really question that because why doesn't Aang say what the whistle does why doesn't he defend himself in this moment and say no this is an important thing because it does this right he doesn't do that until the very end, and he never says, I told you so. He right. just says, I knew this would come in handy. I wonder if that comes from a place of people have to be in a place to hear the message that you're sending them. And so, so you think I Aang's wonder wisdom if, yeah, held well, maybe, it Maybe, I don't know. Um, but I, I wonder if that's what happened. Like, Aang understands that they're upset about this, and they're probably not in a place for him to, to hear his defense argument on why he was able to purchase that whistle so, so he just kind of says you know what yep you're right cool yeah take so this so I think that's a more generous assumption than I made I think for me I'm, I'm questioning how Aang feels about his self worth here because I'm, I'm questioning whether Aang really believes in himself enough to you know does he actually believe in this moment that it was a bad decision and agree with them does he question himself because yes. of the way that they reacted Yes. Maybe. Absolutely. And, and I, I wonder that because I think that I can I can get on your boat where like he is like, nope, they're not ready to hear this and I'm just gonna bide my time and but I think really he was like after I legitimately think he was feeling sad. Yeah. And like he was beating himself up for spending um not thriftily enough. Right. And so I think that's interesting because I think that like it takes a lot of humility to just hand over without any pushback. He's been handling the money and he's been in charge and then without any pushback, he just hands all of that over, right? And so I, I think what we see here is Aang's lack of attachment to power and the need to hold on to it. Yeah. And I think that's really important to realize. That's humility. That's humility, right? Absolutely. And I think that that's a cool thing. Like, the ability to accept and say, like, I messed up here. I'm going to let someone else take the reins because they may be, be able to do it better. Um, is really important. So important. It's so it, as, as people. But that, again, it comes with confidence and understanding of, like, your own self-worth. That, like, you can make a mistake and it's not the end of the world. Because sometimes if you feel like your mistakes are you know attached to your self-worth you're gonna get more defensive about those types of moments yes absolutely but if you are willing to say you know what i did mess up this isn't my strong suit i'm gonna let someone else who who happens this happens to be their strength take over that doesn't mean that i'm not any better of a leader or it doesn't mean that i'm not any better at what i do it just means well, that someone else has this strength and I need to let them well and I think that's show that. you just I, you just remind me of something I think we've talked about before but the difference between shame and guilt here and I think Aang is feeling guilt meaning I did something bad versus shame which is I am bad correct right and so I think that in this moment that's a really good example of feeling guilty is okay right because it leads to um, making a humble decisions where you are not the center of the universe right but um, that's just an interesting thing to highlight and so then we move on to pirates. Pirates. Let's talk about some pirates. High risk and traders, not the Pittsburgh pirates. Me. 
Yes. Or the Riverside Pirates. Sure. That's where I went to high school. Oh, yeah, Durham. Woohoo! Yeah. I, you stoked on your mascot in high school? Roll Pirates roll. Yeah. Is that really what y'all said? Sure is. Okay, great. Um, so you get this moment on Pirates, and you get this, uh, you see this water bending scroll that they have um, obtained, and the pirate says for free. You also get a there it is moment when they say the water bending scroll. Yep. Um, and so they want it. They're willing to barter for it. Aang's, Aang comes up as ridiculously, as someone who just got reprimanded for sp how they spent money, seems obscenely confident in the way well, that he can like barter for this, what what is being valued as 200 gold pieces. Well, what I think is, he, he yes, he's confident, but he also asked. Hey, I can do this, Katara. Let me try. Yeah. He doesn't say like I'm gonna go. Like he didn't just go do it. Right. He asks. Right. And I think I I I don't think we can separate the two. Right. You. If he had done it without asking, that's when it would have been like, whoa, that's an interesting little shift there. But yeah. He still asked for permission. And he says, "I'll give you one copper piece." And the guy laughs and is like, "Ha, huh, great. Yeah. No, two hundred gold pieces." Two copper pieces. It's not funny the second time, boy. That's right. And uh, but we get this moment where now we get Katara's like, I think we need to leave because Sokka's realized they're pirates at this point. Um, Katara starts to her high attitude risk shifts. Traitors. He says pirates. They he says say we prefer high risk traitors. Right. Sure. So these high risk traitors. You want to call them by what they want to be called by. That's very true. Um, so. They they go they leave, they immediately get hey stop right there. Well, I, I think there's a few things that are worth talking about before we leave this little pirate ship, right? Sure. And so on the way in, homeboy in the beginning is like, come get some exotic curios, right? And again, it's a an interesting thing because Ang's like, yeah, totally. What's a curio? And then the pirate's like, I I don't know, <laughs> but we got him. Right, and so I think that the again though this is is this an example of pirate humility being able to say I don't know and still bring somebody in and um, I wonder if he had like lied in that moment would he have gotten them to come on the board on board right versus since he told the truth did that like build their relationship enough to be like I'm gonna come in anyway yeah because I trust you a little bit more now yeah. but I think honestly. In this show, in this episode, it's used as a little bit of a joke, but if we take it into real-world implications, absolutely does that response build more trust right? than trying to prove that you know something that you don't. I would much prefer that if I ask someone, even at a store, like, all right, you go up to a store, I expect someone to know about this. Yeah. Like, you go into Target, and I expect someone to know about this crock pot I want to buy, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, I would much prefer that they say, you know what, I don't know a lot about crock pots. But I know the person who does. Let's go get them, and then they, you can ask them your questions. Yeah, it reminds me of a car salesman mostly. Like they're like, are they out to sell you the most expensive car to get you to you know boost their commission, or are they out there to get you to buy the car that you most need and that you crave and that's going to help you and your family? Yeah, right. And I think I think that comes from when they are humble and when they are not out for themselves, I think that makes a big difference in how the customers respond, right? 
Well, absolutely. And so one of the things too is um, I went through a job interview process with a financial planning firm. Yep. And one of the questions I had for them going through this process was when you sell things or when you are talking to your clients, are you doing things because you are trying to sell the, like, the most important thing or that you're trying to do what you know, the client actually needs? And they, of course, were trying to convince me to work for them. Yeah. But their response was, honestly, if you don't do what's best for the client, then they won't be your client very long. So it is much better for everyone for you to do what they actually need so by saying and they said all the time too like you know your client might have a question you're gonna need to call someone for help and I asking for help has got to be one of the most trust building things you can yeah, do absolutely it also shows the most humility but we don't do it as people enough because of the fear of if I ask for help it means I'm not doing my job I don't know what I should know they're gonna look at me like I'm dumb they're gonna look at me like I'm stupid most people want to help, but we are afraid to ask for help. But if you're able to ask for help, you are likely bettering the entire situation around you. Well, I, I think it's worth referencing one of the books that I like to use in, when I'm teaching my kids um, around leadership, and that's called The Ideal Team Player by Patrick Lencioni. And he talks about there are three qualities, and he's done a lot of, a lot of uh, qualitative research around like what are the qualities of a, an ideal team player. Right. And the top three are humility being number one right um and he also talks about like street smarts so you know iq and eq yeah. and then also are you hungry so are you ambitious are you eager to do things and so the the, the number one thing is are you humble additionally uh, i work with what is called a, a leader's school which is they've been going since 1918 and going for years and every year for the past like 25 years they have done something with their adult group around uh, what are the top five qualities of a leader. And then all of these adults write their own personal ones and then the, they agree upon a top five together, right? Humility has been on all of them for the past like 20, 25 years. Right. Because it is like valued by so many people as being so important to and integral to being a good leader. If you take one thing away from about humility, the ability to say, I don't know, but let's find out, has got to be one of the most important things you can possibly do to build credibility and to build your own personal skills. 100%. Uh, so I, which is what you see this high-risk trader doing in this one moment. Right now, right? He might not be a virtuous dude, but in this moment, he says the right thing. Absolutely. And I think that's really interesting. And I think that... so. Uh, I question also the the pirates' ideals here because, and again, they're pirates, so of course I'm questioning their ideals. But like, they admit to getting it free, this waterbending scroll, so they admit to stealing it. They're very confident that the law won't penalize them here. They're pretty confident that they can do this stuff without do this stuff yeah. without harm, right? Facing a, a punishment, and so like, I think that's an example of not being humble in this moment. Right, because a little cocky, little cocky, right? A yeah. little egotistical in this moment, and I think that that's the opposite of humility. Here is confidence without the pot, like even considering the idea that they might get caught. They're not even trying to hide in this moment, and I think that's interesting. 
Do you think that changes because of the audience they're talking to? They don't see the risk in talking to these 12-year-olds? I think that's exactly what it is. And I think that that's a, a really good example of... Underestimating. Uh, underestimating, exactly. Just because, you know, he's a 10-year-old boy doesn't mean that he's not the avatar and could kick your butt. And I don't think they realize that. Right. And I think they, again, consistently... People consistently underestimate Aang throughout this entire show, right? And Katara and Sokka. Oh, absolutely. Right? And I think that they do really well because so many people underestimate them. So let's get off the ship. Yep. They start to run because the pirates start chasing them. I'm using pirates as a term because it's shorter than saying Irish traitor. Um, but they start to chase them. You get a chase scene. My cabbages! Worse than Omashu. Yeah, we get the, another cabbage moment. And then um, they get cornered. Aang uses airbending. Um, and then they they fly away and escape. We then come to realize that the reason they were getting chased is because someone did something a little bit naughty. Katara steals the waterbending scroll. I prefer to call it high-risk trading. Yeah, that's what she says. Here's my question about this. One, here's what, Aang is going to learn these at some point. Is it really that important that they get the scroll now? I don't think it is. I think she does it under the guise of that because she does not feel like she is enough in this moment. And so she steals the waterbending scroll as a, not to teach Aang, but for her own personal 100%. Self. I'm, I, there is, there, she did not steal that for Aang. And it puts her at risk. It ends up leading to... So, I mean, Sokka says it, and he says it really well. Like, you put all of our lives in danger for this... For you, not for Aang. Like he, like this is yes. before Zuko even shows up. Yes, so like, but, absolutely. But this, this leads to that as well. Mm -hmm. Um, but she does it because it is a choice of I'm not going to let Aang be better than me at this. I'm going to use this for me. And we even see that in the moment where she first starts practicing with it, where she's like, I just want to get this down before you get a chance. Um, when let's be real here, if they had worked on it together, or if she had let Aang learn it, because because he learns it so much faster. I think that she would have learned it faster because he would have been able to teach Aang it. Would have been able to teach her. Mm -hmm. and Absolutely. I think, like, and I think that goes back to like, if I am humble enough, I can learn from anyone, even someone who's learned and gotten better at it in five minutes. Right. Right. If I am humble enough, I can learn from anybody. Right. And I think that like, there you hear from a lot of time when people work with kids, like teachers especially, they say, "I learn more from my students than I, than they learn from me." Right. And I think that. Some people say that to say that, but I think that it's grounded in humility. Like, I can learn more from these five-year-olds than, than I can teach them in a year. Yeah, and so she's trying to master this water whip. Aang does it, and, and, and does it in a way that is not, he's not flaunting this time. He literally says, yeah, you just got to shift your weight through this to this, and then you get the whip. And she lays into him. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I've ever been so mad at Katara in a moment well, than in that. And I understand the frustrations that like come with that, but like incredibly unfair, um, incredibly unwarranted. And I understand where she's feeling, but it goes back to like, I can empathize with why you do it, but yeah. that, I still have to like, I'm, that still doesn't make it okay. Yeah. Well, and I think it's interesting also to think about how when she stole it and once they talked about it and, you know, Sokka reprimands her. Aang says, well, what's done is done. We might as well use it and learn from it. Right. Right? 
And I, I wonder if that, is that an excuse? Or is he like, oh, well now I can learn this too. Or is he saying, well, there's no use crying about it. We, we had the scroll, we might as well learn from it. Right. So is that genuine again, or is that him being like, ooh, I get to learn too? Right. I don't know. And it might, honestly, it might be a part of the latter. Um, or is it, I mean, and is it both, right? It could be both. So, yes. Like, so during this water wet moment, though, the question that came up for me is, oh, why, why can't we be excited for others and their success? And that really translates to you are able to do that more. You're able to be excited for the success of others more, depending on your level of humility and what you're kind of pulling out of that. Absolutely. Um, but what, in this moment, I think an important thing to highlight is someone else's success does not necessarily equate to your failure. Like, the success of someone else does not necessarily equate to you failing. Unless you're in a mindset of comparison. Correct. Which right? is not always a healthy mindset to be in. Yeah. Comparison is the, the killer of all things creative. And, like, in learning. Right? Yeah, if you stop playing piano because someone's better than you. Like, someone is always going to be better than you at piano. Someone is always going to be better than you at waterbending. Someone is always, like... You might be the best, but still in moments, like you might lose if you think about people who you know are the best athletes no the best athlete in the world has lost before many times yeah and so <laughs> the other thing you just kind of get to this point of like in in sporting events might not be the best example because someone else's success does kind of equate to your failure in that terms but not all the time and not in the in the creative sense and definitely not in this moment any yeah. success does not equal katara's failure um but she treats it as such and responds as such. Um, and then she kind of says, I'm sorry, and gets over it, but well, and that I think still this leads is the to first her. time where Aang has, like, started to cry. Oh. The probably the first time he's been to this this far down the emotional path. Because he's got two people in the world that he can truly trust. Exactly. That are still around. And she blows up on him. And it. she blows up on him, which is like, we've spoken about it before, the, the closer you are when you're caregivers, when you're... Um, support systems are the ones that fail you or the ones that tell you you're not enough how much more that absolutely hurts and mm -hmm. causes um, well and she realizes it immediately like one of the things i really like about this show in general is how fast people realize they made a mistake part of that i wonder is necessity sure but if we treat it as if we treat it as intentional yeah right and because i think that if you're if you're I think we need to treat it as intentional in order for this sh to work, right? So she realizes it immediately, and he he forgives her, right? He's like, it's it's okay, right? And he forgives her, and then Sokka tries to milk it a little bit. But, like, I think it's interesting to realize, like, how quickly these characters are able to check their negative emotions. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a skill that we could really learn from. Uh, in our real lives is learning to check our negative emotions and realize that we're having them faster. And then understanding why we are having them. Exactly. And processing that. I'm mad. Why am I mad? What's the story what I'm is this? Myself? Yeah, how did I get to this place? Because um, most of the time it's not like, oh, I'm going to tell myself this story. Oh, that makes me mad. Oh, now I'm going to react. We go straight from seeing and hearing to reacting right mm -hmm. and we for, don't even realize the story that we're telling ourselves 
And so I think that if we can backtrack and say, whoa, 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 like Katara does here, mm -hmm. I think we can really heal some relationships and keep some relationships alive that we probably wouldn't be able to otherwise. Right, because when you, when you ask someone who's mad, why are you mad? Normally they're like, well, of course I'm mad. This person did this. But that is normally not a... That is normally the story that they tell themselves, but they are not connecting that that's what's going on. Yep. And the angrier you are, the harder it is to put those pieces together. Absolutely. Um, but then we still get this moment where she's sorry, she apologizes, but you can still see that there's this self-worth thing going on with her because, once again... She takes the scroll to go practice by herself and become better. I do not see anything wrong with wanting to better your skills and practicing hard for that. However, I think for her, the story I'm telling myself is that that's coming from a place of self-worth. Um, and she, it seems like she feels like she has to do that in hiding. And in yeah, secret. well, and that's the deal. Let's think about this like morally. She says that she doesn't want anything to do with the waterbending scroll. And I think that's where she messed up yeah. in her apology, right? I think that... I, one of the things I'm going to talk about later is when she apologizes again at the end of the episode, what's the difference between this apology and that one? Mm -hmm. And I think that the difference here is that she lied in this first apology. Yeah. She Or she meant it, but she didn't really mean it. Right. Right? And so I think that what that leads us to is like aspirational values versus practiced values. Right? She's like, no, I, I want to be this person that doesn't want anything to do with this scroll anymore because I realized what a mistake I made. But then she's like, but that's not worth it, right? And so I think that that leads to them getting hurt. And I think it's really interesting that when Sokka wakes up, he immediately jumps to the conclusion that she ran off with that water scroll. And he was right. Yeah. He didn't be like, oh, where's Katara? He went, she's not here. Where's the waterbending scroll? Mm -hmm. And he was right, right? And so I think that's really interesting to think about how that relationship is right because I, I think that the humility here and like looking at that through that lens really kind of affects my perception of Sokka in this moment and of Katara by sneaking off mm -hmm. right because it's no longer about others it's about me mm -hmm. and again she puts her group at risk doing that because if she hadn't have done that mm -hmm. They would not have found her practicing waterbending, and they because that the Zuko says it. We're gonna patrol the waterways because that's where they're gonna be. Had she not done that, they they likely would have been fine. And then she gets caught. And she gets caught. Zuko's like, "Hey, I lost my honor. Did you lose something? Necklace. Do you want this necklace back? I didn't steal it. If that's what you mean." Mm -hmm. I thought that was an interesting line. Like, why does he even feel the need to share that? Exactly, right? And be is it because he's like, well, you stole some... Is he telling himself a story that, like, well, you just stole this? Are you assuming that I did something just as bad as you did? Well, I, I, I think what, what it does is Zuko does not necessarily think that his interactions with people are bad or not virtuous. And I think when he, theft is, is, against, his moral is code. against his moral code. And so... When she says, like, you stole it, or he's like, I didn't steal, you know, he wants to be very clear, like, no, I'm still in the right here, like, I'm doing this for my honor. He's, like, justifying every every single one of his actions in his head, yep. which we do. Absolutely. Um, sometimes, again, when we talk about humility, the ability to kind of say, like, I was wrong in this. He didn't steal it. It was on his ship or left on his ship. Mm -hmm. 
Um, but I think that was it's against his moral code, so he wants to be very clear, like, no, 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 I'm still virtuous. Like, I didn't do anything wrong. Yeah. Um, well, and I think that's, in that moment, I think it's, in a way, an act of humility because he's recognizing that Katara can tell stories about him and say that he can he stole this when mm-hmm. he's like no 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 I didn't steal this and I don't want you to tell that story and right. I recognize that you can tell that story right and so I think it's interesting that like I don't think real a lot of people would consider Zuko especially at this point in the show very humble but I think that he's inadvertently humble in this moment yeah um then we get to the point where Aang Sokka wake up yep pirates come to get him Aang gets captured Am I not good enough to kidnap? Sokka gets captured. Um, and then we get this moment where they're all together. Katara says, Aang, I'm so sorry. This is all my fault. Aang says, no, no, it's not. And Uncle Iroh says, yeah, yeah, yeah it, it is. is. <laughs> <laughs> Which um, is genius. And I, I don't think he's doing, he's not saying it to be mean. I think that this is a moment of, of crucial accountability. He's trying to teach her. He's trying to teach her like, yeah. yeah, this was, this, this was your fault. Your actions, your lack of humility led to this. Yep. Yeah. It's your fault. He's not calling her a bad person. He's not saying she's terrible, but it is an understanding of, yeah, you did this. And I, I that line when it happened made me chuckle the first time I saw it, but then it makes you, me chuckle every time. But I then you, it. but then you say, and you go, I mean, he is he is teaching someone that he doesn't have to and but he sees the need for it he says yeah no that was your fault absolutely um then we get this moment of Aang is not I don't he's not doing it through humility he doesn't want them to know that he is the avatar I don't think that's through humility I think it's for no, safety self protection yeah yeah um but Sokka's like you're really going to trade the Avatar for that scroll? That seems like a really dumb decision. Yep. And he's like... And it works. Sokka! Yeah. <laughs> and Aang's like, I don't know where you're going with this, but Sokka, in this moment, is confident in his ability to kind of shift the situation. And it works. And it works. They um, almost get stabbed multiple times. But they... I mean, it was either that or sold to the Fire Lord, so... Fair. Um, it plays out well. You get this moment where there's a battle scene. Did you write down a lot for the battle scene? Sure. A lot of times when the battle sure scene did. happens, well, and like in the beginning, like when we were analyzing Aang's, like through, I think we were analyzing Aang's fighting style, and I think that was something that I took note of. But I think in this, there's I didn't notice much. There's not a lot, but you get to this moment where they uh, escape on a ship. They water bend together. Yep, Aang and Katara water bend together. So you get this moment of. Hey, we can do this together. We're in it together. We might be at different places of like water bending, but like. And I was, can't you see? Your ship is setting sail. Yeah, y'all are fighting, and your ship is setting sail. And that happens twice. And he goes, huh? Maybe this should be a proverb. So my question. I don't want to hear is, your proverb, Zuckle. <laughs> well, uh, what what do you think that what do you think the meaning of that proverb is? If you say that proverb to someone out of context from the show, like, how do you uh, how do you? Can't you that. see that your ship has already set sail? Like, why stop fighting with each other? Can't you see your ship has set sail? It seems like I would say <laughs> that that is don't focus on something that isn't ultimately to your benefit when clearly the most beneficial thing for you is to have been on that ship. Right. Don't miss an opportunity because you're so focused on something that's holding you back. Well, I think that that sometimes, if you put that in the lens of humility, is... You're missing the bigger picture here. 
Yep. You need to focus on on what you need to focus on. Well, that's ag- exactly what it is for Katara in teaching Aang. Like, if you focus on teaching Aang, and he gets really good at it, he can teach you. Mm-hmm. Right? If you your ship is setting sail by you trying to focus on just you right now, and you're fighting, right? So let's, you know, get on the ship, teach Aang, and you can learn from each other. And then the other question I have is, uh, you know, is this really an irrelevant... Not an irrelevant episode, but in a sense of if they would have just kept going to the North Pole, the things that Aang learned over the course of this episode, would he have just learned it that much faster? I think so. And so, like, again, the scroll's unnecessary. I think to them, though... It means everything. It means everything. Because it's expediting his learning in a way that is... He's able to not only... We also are only seeing them work on one skill from that scroll... We don't know. They look like there could have been a lot more skills on that thing that we don't realize that he's learning over the course of time sure. on his way up to the to the North Pole, right? So if it was just to learn the water water whip, absolutely not. But if they're also learning a bunch of other things from that scroll, i.e., Katara is learning how to control her ice better, used in the next episode, are they learning other things from this scroll that we don't know about? Sure. No, yeah, possibly. So Katara gets set free by Mumuk. And then, <laughs> every time, every and time. Uh, they get set free. They they waterbend. They get on the ship. The ships escape. Um, the pirates are on Zuko's ship. They catch up. They jump on the ship. They fight some more. Katar uses the water whip. Katar uses says, the water Congratulations. whip. Congratulations! Yeah, you did it. Aang blows the whistle because they're about to get knocked over a waterfall. Have you lost your mind? I don't need you practicing the flute right now. Yep. So we get this moment. Oh, this whistle actually. Makes sense. Again, why doesn't Aang explain what it does? Yeah. In that moment, I don't know if they had the time. I think he did. Fair. I think he did. Just saying. So, I, I, I just, I question that. I still, like, I'm curious there. Maybe he didn't think it would work. Maybe. I don't know. But, then, Appa does come. Yep. And he says, I knew a bison whistle would come in handy. Yeah. There it is. In the end of the episode. Oh, not the end. Not the end. We get the we get yeah. an apology from Katara afterwards as they fly away to safety. And well, and so I think that brings up my what I brought up earlier is what makes this apology different than the apology earlier in the episode, right? It's more honest. It comes from a place of I made a mistake. Well, and I I, I think it is more honest, and I think it shows a little bit more of what she was feeling, whereas the first one didn't. Katara apologizes and says like. I just felt so competitive and it got in the way and you were you got good so quickly and right and so she really kind of says what's on her mind whereas the first time she was just saying it to get out of being in trouble right right she was doing it for her versus for Aang and I think that's the difference in a good apology is this apology was not for her it was for Aang and you've read the Art of the Apology. Yeah, so or... Why Won't You Apologize by Harriet Lerner is a phenomenal book around the art of the apology, and I highly recommend it, because it's not just about giving an apology. It's about making amends and repairing relationship. Yep. And I think that this is a really good example of a really good apology here, whereas the first one was clearly not. Right. Right? Because a lot of times we apologize to make ourselves feel better. It's not for the benefit of the person who's actually receiving the apology yes the second time it is yeah the second time it is for the benefit of the people who are hearing it as opposed to like 
we apologize. Oh, I am so sorry I did this because I feel guilty about it and I want to not feel guilty about this anymore. Correct. I don't really care about how you are feeling about the exactly. situation, but if I apologize, then like I can cleanse my spirit of this. Yep. That's exactly. why we apologize most of the time. That's also why it is incredibly ineffective most of the time. Absolutely. So my question for you, uh, for my last thing, is stealing is wrong. Unless it's from pirates. Nope. Stealing's wrong. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, how do you grapple with that, though? Because they clearly won out in this duel of, like, wills here. Like, they got the waterbending scroll. Yeah. They're escaping. They did it for the water tribe. They, like, blah, 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 right? So, thoughts? I think that it panned out for this time. But that's not necessarily the case. And I think that it would have been a, a safer situation and a better situation for everyone had they not stolen it in the first place. Well, what the, what should they have done? Gone to the authorities? No. They should have just left and, and gone and gone home. Interesting. I just, I to me, hindsight, and I get an overall arc of like the entire story, but in that moment, I think that stealing is wrong. In that moment, it wasn't to their benefit. Do you go to the authorities in that situation? Most people would say yes. I would say in a militant area that clearly had, you know, Fire Nation, Fire control. Nation control, maybe I probably wouldn't because I'm the Avatar and I'd want to stay away from them as much as possible. Well, it's, it's interesting because... I think that, yeah, 99% of the time, maybe not 99, but like a lot of percent of the time, you want to report that in some way so that there's some accountability around stealing and theft, right? If you feel safe to do it. But that's the problem is when your authority system is not humble, when they are putting themselves ahead of others, Mm -hmm. what happens is you make it so that corruption and things that are not okay happen in your service area. Yep. And so I think that it's important for our leadership to also, regardless of what type of leadership it is, whether it's law enforcement or your parents or your church, your church or your organization, organization, yep. government, right? I think we need humility from our leadership in order for us to condemn bad behavior. It is okay to say that you were wrong or that you don't know, but you will find out. Yes. Huh. Huh. Interesting. Interesting. All right. Well, we will be... You got any other points you want to hit on this episode before we wrap up? I think we are good. All right. I think I got it all. We'll be right back in a moment with our final thoughts for uh, Bending Not Breaking, this episode, The Water Scroll, and we're going to be looking at it through a um, specific lens, I believe... We are on water, and so we will do that when we get back. Humility and, and the element of water and what we want to take away from this week and this episode. Ben, what are your thoughts? So I'm reminded of water and how it can, it is 
very moldable and shapeable depending on the situation that it's in. So if it's really hot, it turns to steam and becomes a gas. If it's really cold, it becomes ice and a solid. At room temperature, it is a liquid, and so it has all of these different forms and shapes, and depending upon the situation that it's in. And I'm not gonna be, you know, I wanna try and be humble and not be stubborn. And so rather than being um, solid and only solid and not willing to bend, um, and I, I don't wanna break, instead I want to bend, right? Um, huh. and, and be humble in that I can sometimes be stubborn and hold on to what I wanna hold on to because I think it's right. And one of my strengths is being a strategic person and I know the best way to do something or at least what I perceive to be the best. And I want to challenge my humility a little bit by leaning into other people's thought a little bit more and le leaning into other people's ideas just a little bit better, uh, just like water would. Yeah, I think I'm kind of piggyback off of that. I want to be able to, the water, uh, it's, it, it's very cleansing. Um, and I think for me, being able to cleanse a situation or, or not add toxicity to something by being able to just say, you know, I don't know more often when I really don't and not trying to prove that I do, but that ability to kind of just sit there and say, I don't have the answer here. That's uh, so hard. It is. It's, it's really so hard. But but to be able to do that, I think will will create a more cleansing environment, um, whether that's at work or at home. Um, but I think just that that ability to kind of say, I don't have the answer here, but but I'm going to find out, or I want to know. Yeah, that's very hydrating. Answer. Yeah, sure. Um, but yeah, so that's I think that's kind of where I'm at this week. Thank you all so much. What what is your story as the listener? What did you pull from this episode? Um, what do you pull from from Avatar The Last Airbender? Shoot us an email at thearcavee at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter, on Instagram. But let us know what what kind of things you want to work on because of this or, or what you get out of Avatar. We would love to hear from you, and we might read some of our favorites on the show. Um, next week, we have a great episode for episode 10, Jet. And we'll be looking at, through, at that through a lens of manipulation because he's kind of a jerk spoiler alert and so we'll go through that <laughs> um thank you so much for listening uh please subscribe rate review um that helps us out a lot um on sites like stitcher and apple Podcasts. so please do that um and then we are excited that you're continuing to listen to us now and we look forward to having you listen to our next episode Next of week. Bending, not breaking, because we're humble and we don't break. We bend. I'm proud of you. You see, you're already putting your thoughts into this week's actions. I love it. Isn't that great? I love it. I'm doing so good. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening. Once again, I'm Sunshine Mayfield. And I'm Ben Pruitt. And this has been Bending, Not Breaking. Thanks again. Bye.